0: This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi, online at AugustaAudi.com. Well, our buddy Scott McCarran is currently leading the race for the Charles Schwab Cup as the playoffs get underway. It is a pleasure to welcome Scott McCarron back to the Augusta Golf Show. Hi, Scott.
1: Hi, John. How you doing today?
0: I'm great. Um, okay, three wins so far this year, 14 top 10 finishes and 23 tournaments. This is not for your benefit. This is for the listeners' benefit. So, I assume there's a great deal of satisfaction. I mean, you've, you've pretty much played well all year long, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I've played pretty good. Um, you know, I've played well the last couple of years out here in the PGA Tour Champions and... This year, uh, you know, I had a little hot streak there. I've won three tournaments in about seven weeks. And, but I've had a couple other opportunities to win. And uh, finished second at the senior players and second at the Hogue Classic. Um, so, you know, I've had a couple good chances to win some more tournaments. And uh, with 14 top tens, I've been fairly consistent this year.
0: How much did you fiddle with the short putter?
1: Uh, you, uh, you mean after the yeah. uh, anchoring band? Yeah. You know, a little bit. I putted a few tournaments, uh, with a short putter, uh, when I first came out here, but, uh, you know, I've been putting with a long putter since 1991. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time that I've used that putting stroke. So when the anchoring band came into effect, you know, I had to figure out a different way to do it. And so I putted short putter for a little bit. I putted, um, long putter, not anchored. I putted I put it crosshand. I tried a lot of different things but uh when I finally got to cut my putter down just about maybe an inch and a half two inches and added some lead tape to it um, I kind of found where that sweet spot was to have a putter not anchored and to be able to put and be successful with it
0: so why wasn't why wasn't taking the long putter and not anchoring the obvious first choice
1: Well, for one, you know, when they made that rule, they really were trying to get rid of the belly putter. Right, that was more than anything they knew. And I and I was in with Mike Davis and the guys when they were going to the anchor because I was working for Fox Sports at the time, doing all the USGA tournaments. And so we were, you know, talking quite a bit about the uh, anchoring ban. And they knew. And as I showed them how you could putt with a long putter not anchored, they knew that people were going to do that, and they weren't concerned with that. They were more concerned about the belly putter than anything else.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the folks who are listening, it, it, what the difference, the, the, the casual golfer, the difference between the belly putter and a long putter would be?
1: Well, the belly putter, you stick the end of the club right in your belly, and it stays right there as a pivot point, and, uh, and you stroke it. Uh, with the long putter, you've got the putter up a lot higher, and when it was anchored, it was anchored somewhere you know in your chest, just above your heart, right around there. And it's very easy just to go ahead and putt, with it, take it off just an inch and putt with it, uh, and be successful. But the, a lot of things I tell people with a putting with a long putter, not anchored. Anyone can do it. It's very easy to do. It's mm-hmm. just not easy to do well um, because it was easier for myself and for guys like Bernard Langer, We've been doing that stroke for a long time. If you take someone who's part of the short putter all their life and all of a sudden say, "Go ahead and putt with a long putter, not anchored," it's going to take them a long time to be able to putt well with it. But because we've been doing it for so long, the stroke is basically the same. And it's actually a freer stroke. Um, I always had problems when I was anchored that if my body stopped, I could. it was tough to get the putter through. Mm. But now that it's not anchored, if my body stops turning when I'm putting, it's not anchored and it's a freer stroke. And I've actually found that I putt better with the long putter not anchored than I ever did anchored.
0: Um, for the longest time, you had a pretty large lead in the uh Schwupp. In the, in the Schwab Cup playoffs, and, and Jerry Kelly has kind of gotten a little closer to you. Are you comfortable being chased, or would you rather be the chaser?
1: Oh, we'd always rather be a, a number one. Always want to be number one. I mean, I've, Jerry's played very well the last four weeks. He's won two events in the last four weeks, so he's made up some ground. And uh, he's playing really well right now. So we get to the playoffs, and uh, I've got 220-something thousand on him. And I'm, I'm going to have to play well in the playoffs to stay ahead. I mean, Jerry's coming in with a hot hand, and but I play in these golf courses that we're playing in the playoffs, and I've played well at before. Um, so I've got one top 10, or I've got one win here in the playoffs tournaments uh, over the years, and I've got quite a few top 10s, maybe six or eight. So uh, they're golf courses I like, and uh, so I've got to go get the job done. And that's what the playoffs are about. You know, There's no lead that's too comfortable because we're double points uh, for each of these events. And I knew that no matter what happened uh, during the regular season, I was still going to have to play well in the playoffs to try to win this Charles Schwab Cup.
0: We're talking with Scott McCarron here on the Augusta Golf Show. Okay, so as opposed to a tournament in June or July, um, are you more or less aware of what's going on around you on the golf course during these playoffs?
1: You know, I, again, I'm not going to worry too much about what's going on around me. I've got to go out there and take care of my job and go through the process um, and trying to win these golf tournaments. If I do that, you know, and, and play well, then uh, that's all I can do. If Jerry plays well and, and passes me, so be it. You know, that he's played well in the playoffs and he deserves it. But uh, for me, I can't worry what Jerry's doing or Kirk Triplett or Burr Line or anybody else. I've just got to go out there and play my game and, and do what I've been doing uh, over the last couple of years. And, and uh, at the end,
0: we'll see what happens. Does it – is there a confidence factor you've won – at this weekend's location in yes. in Richmond, is there a confidence factor with that?
1: Well, I think so. It's a golf course that uh, I play well at, uh, with a win, a top ten, and um, it's a golf course I like. So, uh, anytime you've won at a golf course, you certainly bring some confidence coming into that tournament. Uh,
0: f- with the Charles Schwab Cup comes comes a financial reward. So, I'm curious about a couple of things. Uh, the last extravagant thing you bought for yourself that you always wanted was what?
1: <laughs> um, a uh, Mastercraft X-30 wake surfing boat.
0: Good for you. Good for
1: you. Yes. We, we moved to a lake and uh, and uh, wanted to start wake surfing, which I'd never done before. And we uh, bought a boat and I have it parked right in the backyard of my dock. And we go wake surfing about every night when I'm at home. It's Absolute blast.
0: It, it, wake surfing, is that something someone over 50 should do for the first time?
1: Yes, they should. I'll tell you why, because you can't get hurt wake surfing. You're, the boat's only going about 10.8 miles an hour, um, and you're basically, once you drop the rope, you're just surfing the wake oh, okay. that the boat makes. And uh, your falls are just basically. Kind of falling in the water or sinking down, so you really can't get hurt wake surfing, and, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun.
0: I remembered I was over fifty the first time I went tubing. That was probably a mistake. I would say that's a mistake. Thank you, Sean, Yes, thank you. Um, all right, <laughs> last last extravagant thing you bought that you regretted getting.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I have no regret. You know what that says to I me? You, you know, that you know, says it's to it's me you thought John. of
0: something, Scott.
1: <laughs> no, you know, it's interesting, John. You know, I don't buy a lot of things for myself. Um, I have no problem buying things for my wife uh, huh? or my kids sure. or other people. But uh, I've always been a guy that I really don't buy very much, very many things for myself. Um, you know, I got a mountain bike. I got a boat now um i have a car that i get to drive um you know i'm pretty happy i'm, I'm a pretty simple guy i like to fly fish uh, do a little duck hunting that type of stuff uh, but uh you know i don't buy a lot of stuff for myself
0: fly fishing looks fascinating to me and, I, and i'm not a huge fishing fan how did how did you get started fly fishing
1: you know i got started years ago uh during uh, when i was playing professional golf trying to figure out some things to do and some other hobbies marco Mira, is a huge fly fisherman, and uh, he kind of got me into fly fishing years ago. We've been to Alaska together, fly fishing. Uh, We've done the Green River in Utah, Wyoming, and we've gone over to Ireland, um, Atlantic salmon fishing. So I kind of got into fly fishing uh, through Mark O'Mara, and I really enjoy it. It's something that when I'm in a river, Fly fishing and uh, hunting fish. I'm not thinking about anything else.
0: You know, it, it like golf. Fly fishing to me always looks like you got to go somewhere really pretty to do it. <laughs> well,
1: you know, a- anytime you're in a river, uh, usually it's it's pretty. So. Uh, you know, you're you're not in the middle of a desert anywhere where there's no scenery. There's always some uh, some trees and the river, and I mean, it's just uh, usually some beautiful places. So, uh, it's something my wife and I really enjoy to do together.
0: I don't know if you saw this, uh, Mark Maddox, the pitching coach for the St. Louis Cardinals, earlier this week uh, was playing golf Monday before the playoff game and had two holds in one during his round. Do you know anybody else that's done that?
1: Yeah, me. <laughs> my first two uh, hole-in-ones uh, were in a professional golf tournament in Alameda, California, and I had my first hole-in-one in the fourth hole, my second hole-in-one in the 11th hole. Those were my first two hole-in-ones that, uh, that I'd ever had, and uh, you know, it was amazing to go 29 years or 28 years of playing golf and uh, never had a hole-in-one, never seen one to go in, never had been in a group and anybody's had one, then all of a sudden, have your first two in the same round was pretty amazing.
0: Do you remember the feeling of the second one?
1: I do. I remember the feeling of the second one, and I almost made a third one on uh, like the sixteenth hole. There, hit it right at the hole, and ended up going about six inches by. So. Um, I, I, at, at that point, uh, I knew something special. I, I immediately went to uh, a 7 Seven Eleven and bought lottery tickets. <laughs> he, is,
0: he is Scott McCarron. Uh, he is uh, going after the Charles Schwab Cup beginning this weekend. Um, I always appreciate that when I pick up the phone and ask you to do this, you say yes. Scott, good luck, uh, play well, and we will talk. We'll talk again after you win this whole thing.
1: Well, thanks, John. Uh, should be a lot of fun, I look forward to it. Uh, hopefully. Uh, Your listeners will tune in and watch us play the next three weeks.